Our guest today is Lorraine Immelmann, the founder of the Michelangelo International Wine and Spirits Awards, which she established way back in 1997. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Drinks World. Welcome to the show, Lorraine. Thank you. Thanks, Holger. Thank you for the opportunity. How, how did you come up with something like this? Were there already some awards or competitions out then, uh, or what, were you the first in South Africa? Um, 1996. I um, well, let's just quickly recap. I come. I come from an. I come from a, um, a journalist background. I was a journalist for okay. many years, and um, I left journalism. Um, in 1995, I'd worked in Johannesburg for big dailies, and um, I come from Namibia. I worked there for a, uh, the Republican, the big Afrikaans newspaper there. So my background was journalism and writing. My father was a writer. He wrote many, many books. And um, when I left, when I left journalism, I worked for um, companies in Johannesburg like Marion Roberts and Grenica. And I left the uh, I left the construction industry to go and start my own business in 1996. And one of the customers, clients I had at the time was a Marion Roberts company who was doing rebar and steel reinforcing for mining, and they wanted to investigate other opportunities in South America. And we created a function. This is a long story. I'm going to cut it really short. And I ended up next to the uh, Chilean trade commissioner at the time, a gentleman called Ramon Rada. And um, we were talking after the function and he said to me, there's no real wine competitions in this country that give locals the opportunity to have their wines tested by neutral and objective panels. It's, um, I think in those days, the local, there were one or two local competitions which were really in, in infant shoes, were one or two years, three years old. And he said, let's start an international competition. And, of course, Ramon had all the wonderful um, contacts with international judges because he was, he was in the wine industry. Wine wasn't still is his passion. And um, we got ourselves a, um, an, um, a sponsor in, the, in um, the name of Michelangelo, the Michelangelo International Wine Awards, which came from the Michelangelo Hotel. Santon, and they sponsored the the accommodation for the judges and the um, the actual tasting and also the awards function that we had, and they sponsored that for six years. But you know, you've got judges coming from all over Europe, and they sit in a shopping centre and they say, "Where are the vineyards? And where are the wine cellars? And we want to meet the winemakers." So in 2001, um, I broke my my ties with the hotel and moved the whole caboodle up to, or down to the cat. But um, yeah, the, the, the decision was to keep the name, because at that time, obviously, we had a brand, and the brand was already in its, in its sixth and seventh year, so it, it remained the Michelangelo Wine Awards. And then in 2014, um, we added the spirits, because then we opened up, I added about 45 spirits classes, and we opened mm. four spirits as well so now hence the Michelangelo yeah I clearly remember that yes so because that's when when I came to visit you and you, you invited me to have a chat about spirits and beer etc that's right um, yeah. 
going back to the the name and so the the hotel didn't own the trademark i guess so you could just continue with that it is yeah, such no, a no, cool they, name. Were, they were purely a sponsor they were a sponsor yeah. of the accommodation and a sponsor of the of the event um i was the founder i'm the founder and there was there was no claim to any any of the yeah. of the um, intellectual property rights that they you know they they pulled out and um we basically haven't had any more contact since then. It's a pity. I would have liked to have had tastings and things, but Joburg's very far from the Cape. And you know yeah, how the industry has grown. It's um, yeah. so that now there's the wine tastings all over the show. So we've concentrated on our core business. Yeah. So what sets you apart from, from the typical wine competition? Well, it, it's always been. From the word go, um, it was always the, the fact that our, our, our panels were international. And that is still today the strength of Michelangelo. We, mm. we, we choose our judges from other international wine competitions. I, I source them from Concours Mondial and Vin Italy and IWSC panels. A lot of them are um, have been with us for a very long time. I've got judges who've been with with, with me from the very first year, um, and then we also obviously get a lot of recommendations. It's important that the panel that the judges get on with each other because they have to work very closely for a full week. So yeah, and, and we always Does make it take a whole week. Yeah, they they have to they have to be able to be a good team. They also have to have international experience, and um, they have got to have some kind of a of a, a qualification, um, you know, which which puts them in the league of of being an expert in the wine yeah. industry. Okay, and is it specifically a tasting um, qualification, or could, can it be other stuff as well? Look, it, it, you know, we, we there's there's a Qualification is one part of it, but there's also um, experience. So mm. I like to get judges who have had international judging experience, um, people who understand the processes, who understand the blind tasting, who understand the, the tasting um, forms, the sheets, the paperwork. Um, so that's, that's very important that, that there has to be some kind of, of, of previous international judging experience. I, I choose them, I handpick them, and I invite them. Okay. And I remember in, when I met you in 2014, you explained to me why this is important, because, and I think you said it's because the wine industry is, is relatively small in South Africa, and people, locals know what, what the, the vineyards <laughs> taste like. They know they wine. Yes, they do. Um, and I have had it. I have had the experience with, particularly with some um, brandy tasters, who mm. picked out their own products out of a lineup of twenty-six, and then of course awarded <laughs> them the trophies. So yeah. we have to be very careful um, that people are neutral, and that that is what what gives Michelangelo the edge, and that okay. is what has made the competition grow to being the biggest competition in South Africa and we like to believe in the Southern Hemisphere because there's no no similar international competition in um, anywhere in the in the Southern Hemisphere which which is the size of Michelangelo. Our entries run around two thousand two hundred odd. 
annually. And um, so, yeah, it's grown. It's grown huge. And I do believe it's got a lot to do with, with the neutrality and the objectivity and the professionalism of our, of our judges. Mm. But to run a business like that, and I'm always interested in the business side of things, it must be quite hard. And, and I'm talking from, I guess, from a beer and, and small spirit producers background where the budgets are always tight. Is it different in the wine industry or is it just extremely bad in the beer industry? I think it's, um, I think it's everywhere. And um, after the harrowing two years that we've had, I think a lot of the wineries are crawling, crawling back up um, a lot of them have found their feet. Some of them have had um, little buffers they could they could get by. But you know, mm. you know the story. I don't have to tell you about COVID. Before that, it's it's a it's an industry. I think where people are very aware of marketing. You've got to stand mm. out in a crowd. Your, your bottles have got to stand out in the in the in the wine shops. And the Michelangelo award-winning stickers on the bottles do carry great value. And we have found over the years that they are also valued internationally. We do have, um, we do actually have guys that enter and producers who insist, the, the, the importers in Europe insist on Michelangelo awards. Um, so they're very, they're very valued and they, they are credible. And that goes back, it takes me back to the, 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 credibility of the panels and the mm. uh, objectivity of our judges so that we know that I think people who, who are in the market and are aware of the value of, of having a wine judged by credible judges and by a, it's a blind tasting by people who have absolutely nothing to gain from awarding um, a double gold or a trophy or a platinum. So yeah. I, believe, I believe that's, that's why the competition has grown. So, and and I often do have that kind of feedback as well from winemakers who say to me that this is the competition they enter um, because of of what it is. Yeah, and how many do you have? You got any idea how many wines there are? If you say two thousand two hundred wines enter, how many are there in South Africa? Holger, I am now speaking under correction, but <laughs> I was recently in a in a discussion where. Um, a gentleman who's, who's, who's fairly knowledgeable in the industry said there were about 8,000 brands. Okay. Now, that in effect gives you an idea of how many, <laughs> many labels there are. Yeah. Um, but yes, budgets are tight. You, you asked me that, and budgets have always been tight. We are one of the competitions that has always kept our entry fees very low. If you go and compare us with any of the other local competitions, we are our entry fees are lower. Um, and that is to make it easier because we want to attract the small guys as well. Um, mm. We do have, we, we used to have for a long time speci uh, special trophies for boutique wines and the garages. And to also allow them to enter and not break the bank by doing so. So we've, we've deliberately kept the entry fees low. Um, our label, that's the other Income is obviously the label um, award stickers that we sell. Um, they are also very competitively costed. So we try not to we try not to make it a, 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 mm. a competition that's hard to take to take part in. Yeah. And yes, and I, I think it's worked. It really, it has worked. 
Yeah, so just again, from the business side, you make your money from from the entry, entrance fee and then the those stickers. And obviously, yeah. you try and get as many sponsors as you can, or how does that work? There are a few sponsors, but sponsors have been very difficult to come by and yeah. just a sign of, of, of time, of the times that people don't have money to splash. So we work very hard for our sponsors and they they really do want their, their pound of flesh, which mm. is great. I mean, they're, getting, they're putting money on the table. Of course, they want to, they want to get value for it. But yes, yeah. sponsors are very hard to come by. And we, we and you how, can't really rely on sponsors because they come and go. They decide from one year to the next, sorry, we haven't got budget this year or there's new management and they've got other ideas. So the two main income streams are the ones that, that, that we just focus on keeping healthy. Hmm. Lorraine, you've been running this for, for so many years. Um, what are the biggest challenges and, and does it get any easier? Yeah, we're into year number 26 this year. Yeah. It, um, it does get easier. I have, to, I have to say that. It gets easier because you know your systems, you know what works. After so many years, you absolutely know what and what not to do. Um, you also get the, um, the confidence of the people, the confidence of the industry, which always makes it easier. You don't have to go and do a hard sell anymore. You just have to show them the records and the history. Mm. So that does make it easier, yes. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's always, I've often said, you get to a point where you almost think, okay, Michelangelo's running on its own oiled wheels around right now. Um, but one must never get like, there are always other things happening in the industry. There are other competitions. There are other things that wine producers would love to spend their money on and prefer to spend their money on. And that's why it remains um, such a focus of Michelangelo that the value of the award mm. um, is something that has that has international um, credibility. So that is, that is something that we build on very much. And going back again, it starts with when I start choosing and inviting my judges. And that I start doing very early in the year. So that's that's what that's the first thing I do. I make sure that every judge is is credible, has got a good track record, and um, that helps. If you, that's what we're yeah. doing right now. Um, um, I'm also um, I'm responsible for the media and the communication of Michelangelo. So I make sure that the producers know who the judges are, what their backgrounds are, and that the products that they're entering into Michelangelo is in safe hands. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask how does that, how does your background help in the in the business? But I, um, I'm sure being being a good communicator and writer is is a wonderful asset. It does help. Um, it does help in terms that I can I can produce all my own communication. And I also have a market a master's degree in um, public relations and and media management. So all of that has helped. It's, it's basically been my career in my Forty odd year career, um, yeah, gives you an idea of how old I am. <laughs> but it's, it's fun, it, and it never, it never gets stale. There's always something new going on. It's always exciting and interesting. Yeah. And I work with wonderful the, people. I I work with with wonderful people in the industry. Um, Winnie Barman, who's 
our technical director is a good friend um, and we, we really um, get on well. I work with wonderful judges, people who know the industry, who value the industry and um, who know what is important for the producers. What is important? What is it, what is it that the market wants from a wine competition? It's it's it, it, it's it's very important, and I've uh, this is something I've learned over the last number of years. It's very important to focus, never lose focus of your core business, um, being to tell a producer or a winemaker how how good or how bad his wine is. That is that is essentially what the competition is, what it was created mm. for. Um, a lot of the competitions have a lot of sideshows a lot of things which distract from what it's about. But ultimately, the producer, the winemaker, wants to send his wine, pay his entry fee. He wants an expert and a specialist to tell him, this is good, this is bad, this is not so good, or this is not so bad, this is valuable in terms of your, your export market. And because our, our judges are all international, um, they know the exports, they know the markets in Europe, they know the markets in, in America, um, and they can tell if this is a good a good wine to submit to the, the, the markets in Europe. So that's the information that a winemaker and a producer would like, and that is the core business of Michelangelo. That is, that is what the competition was created for. And I'm always aware that we must not lose track of, of that. And not create a whole lot of sideshows, which is what, what often happens, and it can totally derail your, your focus. For me, the, the unique thing about wine is that there's a vintage. Every year there's a new wine, and you have to judge it and taste it. Now, with spirits, it's not like that. Um, how, how, how does the spirit judging differ from, from the wine judging or the competitions? I have to mention, and it's important to say that we do have a dedicated spirits channel uh, panel mm. of judges. Um, these are spirits experts from from Europe. I have a rum expert. I have a gin expert. Um, I have a whiskey expert. Um, we are bringing in this year a gentleman who's a, been a buyer in the UK for a number of the big chains. He knows for these spirits products. Um, a lot of these spirits are judged um, with a mix, something like water, Sometimes, especially the, the brandy judges. They would very often add water, so we need to supply that. Um, with all the absolute myriad of, of, of products that have hit the market over the past number of years, they very often come, and I, I know one example was that uh, a producer who's we sent a year or two back, he sent us a chili vodka. And this thing um, was just something you couldn't possibly try and drink meat. It was, and, and, and one of the judges actually said it needs to come with a, with a, with a fire hazard warning. Um, and he, we then requested him to tell us how, how you would serve this. Mm. And it was then presented in a cocktail. So he added, okay. he added the ginger ale and the, um, Spices that he thought were applicable, and it was presented to the judges um, as a cocktail because there's no way they could taste it neat. 
Um, mm. the, the gins and the rums are tasted neat because that's often how they are, that's how they are consumed. So it's important to look at how it's consumed um, and, and try and at least present it to the judges because that is ultimately how the consumer is going to taste it. Um, our glasses often differ. The, the glasses are, are um, smaller and um, that's almost the same. The only difference, we even have one of the judges from Germany who likes to taste his, his spirits in a wine glass. That's how we think, you know, present it to him if that's what he wants. Mm. But yes, you're quite right. Spirits, obviously, um, they don't have voltages, um, but they do have lot numbers. They have batch numbers. And um, mm. we have, two years back, started, I, I adapted the, the regulations so that people have to, producers of spirits, the distillers have to indicate the batch numbers and the lot numbers because those differ very much so. Um, my gin this year is not going to be the same gin as next year's gin. It might be exactly the same recipe, but your juniper berries are different. Your water will be different. Um, your botanicals have probably a different source. So it is important to note that 2019 double gold is not 2021 double gold, just because you're using the same recipe. So that was sort of a little bit of a, of a, of a mind shift that we had to bring in. Um, but yes, you, you, just as I can't um, say because my 2019 Cabernet Sauvignon got a double gold, my 2022 one is also you know, getting a double gold. So that, that, that's where we had to draw the line and, and make a division so that people know they need to also look at the, at the year in which this was produced. Hmm. And I guess the batches are, are fairly small for especially the small producers and, and for the bigger guys it's they pretty they're probably much more consistent than than the micro distillers. Absolutely. The micro distillers of um and of, of yeah, the micro distillers they often see the their um spirits as their babies. Um, I have heard so many interesting and wonderful stories of, of people who go and check on the run in the middle of the night and taste it and nurture it and Yes, it's a it's a different approach, very much so, and the, mm. for exactly that reason, you you cannot say that it's consistent from one year to the next, and it's very mm. important that it's indicated as such as well on on a yeah. on an award. Yeah. You've been doing the spirits for eight years now. How how have you seen the change from twenty fourteen to now? Is there is there a big change? Um, I think there's been a huge upsurge in craft. As we, we're all aware, there's been an explosion in the gin producers' um, numbers. Uh, you know, it, it, it's also, it comes and goes. And I think we are very, a lot of, a lot of the distillers look at what's happening in Europe and in other, in other markets. But it's very difficult to, to gauge the South African market against Europe's markets. We have a total different culture. We have total different approaches. I know the. Um, I know, for example, brandy um, has had a tough time. Lorraine, the the response of the international judges. What what do they think about our brandy? Our brandy has always done very well with with our international judges. Um, but our brandies have always done very well. 
um, we don't get a lot of international brandies entered, so they don't really compare them one on one. But our brandies have done very well. And if you look at the the the, the the points that have been awarded over the years to our brand. It's always, it's always been in the okay. high 80s, 90s. So, yeah. I, I did a podcast interview with Charles from, from the Cape Brandy Association. I think it's called The Guild. Mm-hmm. And that was quite interesting. Uh, I learned a lot from him about brandy. Yeah. Um, so listeners may want to look out, look out for that if they're interested in, in South African yeah. brandy. I always tell um, people, sorry, um, just that... In an interview like this, um, I'm not a judge, and I'm, mm. I'm not a, an expert of any kind. I never pretend to be. I'm, I'm the founder of a wine competition, and I'm an event organizer at heart. <laughs> That's what it boils down yeah. to. <laughs> so the, the comments I make are often um, just coming from my own experience, and yeah. they should not be taken too seriously when it comes to professional opinion. Yeah, that's why you employ professional exactly. tasters. Yes, yeah, so I surround myself with experts, so I look good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rain, what keeps you going? I mean, it's, it's, it's been such a long time. Um, what keeps me going is next year, this year, the challenge. <laughs> it's exciting. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a fantastic buzz that starts picking up speed when we producing our first press releases, putting out the the names and the pictures of the panel and putting out the the classes and and what what's gonna happen this year. It's, it's immensely exciting. And mm. it's also an industry that is never stagnant. It's it's forever growing and developing. Every year we, we have to make changes to our classes and our subclasses because there's so many new and interesting products that come and we've got to accommodate them. So we brought in um, lifestyle products uh, two or three years back like ready to drink and spritzes and low alcohol wines and alcohol free spirits and these are things which were totally unheard of 20 years ago. So these are mm-hmm. new and exciting products and now this I've just yesterday had to add a class for wine-based spritzes or wine-based ready-to-drinks. And that is because these are just new products. It's, it's, it's exciting to see how the producers and the distillers and the winemakers are constantly up for a new challenge. It's, it's really, really exciting. There's a, a wonderful new product which is port, with it's a port-based spirit, a spritzer. Um, these rosé-based um, ready to drink so very exciting yes I think that's, that's mm. really what keeps me going is to see what's going to happen this year. <laughs> and when we start the actual judging that week it's, it's, you run on adrenaline I do I run on adrenaline from the first day right through to the awards um, function and this year please God let there be a big black tie awards function again we've missed that mm. in the last two years We've had to do very low-key um, afternoon cocktail parties standing two meters apart. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this year we'll be back to the glamour and the ball gowns and the black ties and a lovely big dinner somewhere. Have a big party to celebrate. Yeah. To celebrate, yeah. It- that sounds wonderful. It just sounds like you are such an integral part or such a central part of, of this industry. Yeah. Um, that you, I mean, it must be a wonderful position to be in. 
I'm very privileged, and I, and I, I feel very honoured when I have people who are key people in the industry who are rated highly and um, are honoured and um, who recognise me and, and, and greet me by my name. I always think, wow, <laughs> you know, you actually know who I am. And <laughs> I think it just comes with the territory because I mm. often, I, at the awards dinners, I hand out the trophies and the medals. I stand on the stage. I've got everybody knows who I am. So, yes, I'm, I feel very privileged. I really do. Well, it's been a privilege and uh, really nice to talk to you and catch up again after so many years. And uh, I really do hope that you're going to have a big bash this year with lots of people. I know the beer industry is slowly starting again with their festivals and so people can get together again. That's that's what we're all about. We, yeah. we like to meet in person. and Exactly. And, we've, uh, we've got to back, back, get back to life. We've got to get back to yeah. normality. Um, this has not been yeah. good for anybody in any way. So, but Holger, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Always nice chatting yeah. with you. Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.